Welcome to NCBA's Cattleman's Call podcast with host Lane Nordland. All right, friends, welcome back to the Cattleman's Call podcast. As Dan McCarty mentioned, I'm Lane Nordland and happy to have you joining us here wherever you listen to your podcast conversations. And the 2022 Cattle Industry Convention and NCBA Trade Show uh, is underway and was underway. We're recording that show, this today's show, from the event in Houston, Texas. We have lots of folks from all over the nation gathered here, happy to be face-to-face uh, working on the issues that impact the U.S. cattle industry. And one of the programs that NCBA has to help promote the convention and promote the beef and cattle business is their ambassador program. And joining us here today is Kelly Lasik from Iowa, member of the Iowa Cattlemen's Association. And Kelly, when, when we tr- use the term ambassador, you know, we think about promotion, we think about diplomats. How, how does it feel being a diplomat here at the cattle convention? I walk around and I feel like I'm just this incredible celebrity nobody knows about. <laughs> that welcome to my life. <laughs> Well, uh, again, we'll, we'll talk more about the Ambassador Program, of course, uh, its role of helping promote convention and, and all the happenings uh, here in Houston and every single year. But uh, first off, uh, let's just talk about yourself coming from Iowa um, and your involvement in, in the beef and cattle industry. All right, perfect. Well, yeah, I'm from eastern Iowa, right along the Mississippi River, and I grew up, get ready for it, raising shorthorn cattle. Really? Yes. Um, so I am team red and I happen to actually marry a man who is team black. Yeah. So, um, together we have my three red cows in his herd of black Angus. So I actually, um, before I married my husband, I have been in the cattle industry my entire life. My dad, my grandfather have raised cattle. And so I grew up, it was only my sister and I. So my dad wasn't blessed with any boys, but he said we could outwork any man he put on that farm. And Mm -hmm. we were pretty proud of that. But so we grew up doing everything on the farm. We're start to finish. So, um, I mean, we've I've experienced everything from calving to feedlots to selling. And then I went to Iowa State University, where I also have a minor in animal science. And, um, yeah, I just my love for beef has has been my entire life and as I you know my husband jokes so the funny thing is is um short but long story is he is actually our banker and I went in one day and I thought he was this know-it-all who knew nothing about farming because he's sitting there in a tie and I was like you know nothing and he looks at me he goes well we run 200 herd of purebred angus cattle and i never will forget how i fell in love with him instantly (laughs) so even though they were black angus even though they were black angus i let it go i let it go because guess what i get some blue roans breeding my black to my or the black to my red cows but um yeah so now actually my husband and i we not only farm with his family we farm with um my dad's family and so it's you know, both of them are start to finish. So, you know, I'm really excited for March to come for calving season. That's really my dad and I's favorite time of year. And then we um, we spend, you know, all summer making hay, then fall taking out corn. So we're busy. But, um, yeah, I guess, and, and the cool thing about living in Iowa is that we do, yeah, we produce everything that we feed. Mm-hmm. So we're busy, but um, we love it. And um, 
I, I really actually don't care what breed of cattle. I'm just a cow <laughs> enthusiast. So. Well, and it's good to have herd markers too. Yeah. It, it helps when you got you got a little red out there with your black. It's a herd marker. I oh, think every herd needs them. Right, except mine cause issues. <laughs> My one cow named Fancy. Yes, I named her. Her <laughs> name is Fancy because her mom was Reba, and um, she um, she's a pain. And I'm like, you guys wouldn't even know. If she was, you know, all black, you guys wouldn't even know. And they're like, but she's not. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, that. it's the community actually, they find it fun. They're <laughs> like, oh, what are those three red cows in there? And I'm like, they're mine. Don't worry about them. Well, it's, it's good to bring some diversification to the portfolio, as your husband should know, being a banker. Right, absolutely. Exactly. He has no problem with them. So, so <laughs> obviously, being, being a, a woman in agriculture... Um, it's not, and I'm not trying to come off being rude or anything, but it was such a taboo mm-hmm. back in the day to, to, to think that a, a woman in agriculture could be more than just an auxiliary member. And I'm not trying to shame anyone that's in the Angus auxiliary or anything no. like that. But uh, it, it nowadays we are at the point where it should be that anyone can be in agriculture. Anyone can be making the decisions. Anyone can be stepping up into leadership in these organizations as well. And what... What are some of the key things that you take away from being involved in production agriculture and also in advocacy? So being a woman in advocacy, truly, I never face any issues. Um, and, you know, and, and some of that is because they know as I'm, as I'm discussing, you know, what I'm doing on the farm, why we do the things we do. They see my education. I, you know, I'm sharing. This is what I do. This is who I learn from. So it's not that I'm coming at them, educating them. No one wants to be educated, but they know that I have learned the facts. I've experienced the work. Pictures tell a huge story. Mm -hmm. And I think that has helped an enormous amount with women in agriculture. So growing up though, I, I faced sometimes being, you know, um, my dad was always constantly asked, don't you wish you had boys? You know, or why do you have your girls out here? Or that's not, that's not work for women. Mm -hmm. His brother even came to the farm one day, my uncle, and said, you shouldn't be having the girls do that. And my dad truly was just my best advocate for me and my sister, because he'd look at them and he'd say, my daughters can outwork your son any day of the week, you know, and we couldn't probably not. (laughs) I was not buff. Um, but my dad was proud of us and he, he knew what potential we had and um he was always proud of us no matter what and that was huge and I also come from a mother who was the oldest of four girls and she always said my dad was an equal opportunist employer (laughs) so she grew up being you know the man her dad's biggest helper and her sister and um one of her favorite stories was her dad had the meanest charlet bulls and cows in the entire world and he goes because they obviously had small square bales still and he said if you lose your glove throwing those bales off, you don't get on that ground and go get it. I mean, my mom weighed maybe a whopping 80 pounds when she was doing this. So I, you know, I come from strong bloodlines of that. We are strong and, you know, you don't let diversity, you don't let gender define, you know, what you can do. And I think I'm very bullheaded and that that helps me not even see what what's going on around me. But, and, and especially since I had a dad who was like, you can do anything you, I mean, 
I, I trust you with my cattle more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And then I married a man who is very much the same way. Um, he'll never admit this, but he knows I know more about the cattle out there than he does. So um, he's like, I don't know how you know that that cow's number. They're all black. I'm like, but I know. I just <laughs> yep. know her. Um, so truly, I am fortunate that I haven't really had to face that because having conversations with people, I'm, I love to talk to people. And I feel like once people get to talk to, you know, us women and they understand, wow, she's out there. She sees us. She knows what she's talking about. I think that makes a huge difference. And in Iowa, it's, there's a lot of us that are cattle women who are, you know, making a huge difference. And I'm very proud of all of us. I actually brought, I didn't bring my husband to this conference, A, because he's a banker and it's that time of year. Um, I brought my best friend who actually uh, manages her family's cow-calf operation. And so it's very exciting just to be women, to be here, to, you know, walk around with all these cattlemen who have been doing this for years. I mean, we look around and we were just having this discussion this morning that these men are from generations and generations of ranchers and we are here with them Mm -hmm. and we don't see it as they see us as women and they won't talk to us. We see it as an opportunity to learn from them and what they have to offer. And I truly think if you're a woman in agriculture, you, you got to quit seeing the divide of women and men and you got to see, I can learn from him. I can't, you know, it's not, well, I'm a woman. I need to, you know, figure this out on my own or I need to prove myself. You don't have to prove yourself because you, I mean, you doing it, you proved it already, but by learning from others, you're only increasing your knowledge. So we're very, um, my friend and I are very excited to be here and really, really looking forward to learning from these, these generational farmers and ranchers and, um, which is, it's very strange for me because in Iowa, no one calls themselves a rancher or we live on a ranch. It's a farm. And see, that's my Montana in me. Yeah. You got a farm or a ranch up there. Right. Yeah. Right. And no, it's you just farm in Iowa. And so it's so funny because they'll be like, so, you know, how big's your ranch? Or I'm like, um, my farm is. (laughs) So how do you, how do you explain that to people? Maybe if somebody on social media said, so what's the difference between a livestock operation that's called a farm versus a livestock operation in Montana that we call a ranch, right? What would your response be then? So my response to that is, so people who refer to a farm are people who not only have like pasture or rangeland, because that's the same thing, but different terms. So I always do pasture slash rangeland. And then I said, but also a farm grows the crops that the animals eat. So on a farm, we grow the alfalfa, the corn, soybeans, um, and then a ranch is mainly just the rangeland where these animals graze and grow and, you know, um, that they don't necessarily grow the, the crops that those animals are eating. And most people understand that, but they're like, but why do, why do they have to have different names? And that's the question that gets me. And I'm like, it's not that they have to have different names, but it's just like how in Minnesota they call a water fountain a bubbler. Or, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not not difficult but just we call it different names and that's okay that's like we have cricks in montana a creek yeah (laughs) you're silently judging us on that one we'll we'll fix well mm, i um i also call it a crick though oh you do yeah so i am the. that's why i looked at you funny i'm the odd man out in iowa oh there we go well 
mm-hmm. will be perfectly accepted in Montana. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, so w- when we look at, though, you mentioned, you know, sharing agriculture story with images and videos and highlighting the people in agriculture. How is that changing the perceptions that other producers have, but also consumers have of what we do in the countryside, being stewards of our land, animal husbands uh, of the livestock that we take care of? What, In your opinion, how has social media changed that to a positive? Social media has done amazing things. And granted, I know a lot of people have seen, you know, how social media has impacted agriculture in a negative way, mm-hmm. but it's impacted it in such a positive way in so many in so many different avenues. So, for example, I have so many people that I will just even share a picture of my cow out in the pasture and they will be like, so they're not like in a dirt lot. No, 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 um, they're not. I mean, sometimes they are. When they're, you know, they, people don't even realize the difference between the simplicity between a bull and a steer. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then once they figure out what we do, then they're like, whoa, whoa, why, what, I don't understand how to tell the difference or, you know, like they, you know, even just the composition of an animal and they're like, this is how we tell the difference between everything. But pictures that I post People are, I'm so glad you shared that with me. I never, I never knew that. I didn't realize that. So I had shared a post about um, my dad and I were working cattle. Do you guys call that something else in Montana when you're running them through the chute? No, working cows. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So we were working calves and I took a picture of my dad vaccinating one. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, so you guys aren't like just like running around the pasture like chasing these animals down like shooting them with darts and like no we're not tranquilizing them to do this no um and they were like but he looks so calm and you know there's nobody ball like i did i did a quick video too and there's no one bawling and there's you know and then i also shared a photo of that so we we let the cows up by us while we're running the calves through so just because then the mama's there and she's calm and it calms the calf down and Sometimes it works well. Sometimes it's not a good idea, but we've all been there, right? So they were like, I, I shared this photo of this mama cow, like nose and nose with her calf. And mm-hmm. my dad's right there. And they're like, why wasn't she like murdering you guys? Or, you know, what, what? And I'm like, because she knows us. She knows that we're taking care of her. She's been through this herself. And it's, it's not sharing, you know, we're sharing the side that people can't see. I, for my, so I actually own my own business and I do, um, communications, agricultural Mm -hmm. communications. And so it's so amazing to me because I went to a conference and they once said, show people what they can't see. And I really, really apply that, especially to my advocacy because they can't see everything they do. We do. But by pictures and video, we can show them what we're doing. And I know everyone's like, well, no one cares that I'm, you know, tagging a calf today. Nobody cares that I'm helping, you know, oh, what's something fun? Feeding cattle, mm-hmm. you know, but people don't get to see that. And so I always find that it has shown people the realistic side of farming. You know, they read books or they see documentaries, but this is actually us doing it and they can see it and as my grandma would say, the proof is in the pudding, mm-hmm. you know, like it's right there. And 
advocacy is something I'm, I'm very passionate about. And I enjoy sharing the story of agriculture and what we do because I, I do feel that raising cattle is one of the most incredible, incredible jobs in the entire world. And I just wish everyone could experience that, you know, the bond we have with these animals mm-hmm. and how we make sure that their health is, you know, well and how much we go out of the way as well in our lives to make sure that they are healthy. So, you know, um, quick story and let me know if I need to wrap up. No, we're we're good. Okay. We're good. Um, so this in Iowa, we had very frigid temperatures two weeks ago in the negative, I think it was a negative 11 and wind chill, very, very cold. Well, my dad had a heifer calf early. Okay. That's, typical you know whatever but he was prepared Mm -hmm. my dad has been preparing for this for forever and my dad is a 67 year old man he's not a young buck out there by himself he goes out in this frigid temperature gets this calf puts him in his shop blow dries him wipes him off takes out milk goes out every few hours I mean this man treated this baby calf as a brand new infant in the world but the survival of this calf was so important to my dad and that's what people don't know. Mm-hmm. And I, I love sharing, you know, not only what an incredible cattleman my dad is and how I've learned from him, but also this is what we do. And this is how, you know, important animals are. And I understand, you know, not every every story with a new baby calf is a, is a happily ever yeah. after. Like, we all know that. It's life. Yeah. It's nature. But we do our very best to get to that happily ever yeah. after. And that calf is thriving she actually is obsessed with my dad she <laughs> will walk around and do chores with him now he purposely leaves the gate open so she follows him and it's it's the cutest thing ever she's the only calf out there so he's like whatever you want to come with me today sweetie fine <laughs> um but it's just truly incredible what we do and advocacy is one of the best ways on social media to share that So, you know, even if you're out there, you don't have to have a page. You don't have to have, you know, a Twitter account or an Instagram or anything. You're just putting stuff on your Facebook or texting your friends and be like, hey, this is what I'm doing today. And just sharing. It truly is remarkable. Well, friends, we are going to come right back to this very important conversation we're having on advocacy and promoting the livestock business uh, with uh, Kelly Lasik here. But uh, first, we do need to thank our sponsors, Micro Technologies. We're actually broadcasting from the Micro Technologies Cattlemen's Connection booth during the Cattle Industry Convention here in Houston. But we're, we are going to take a quick commercial break to thank Micro Technologies. We'll be back right after this. Micro Technologies is the leading provider of advanced, comprehensive, and integrated animal management systems and solutions for beef producers. Since 1971, Micro has established an unparalleled track record of delivering meaningful technology solutions based upon a business philosophy centered around three principles, innovation, value creation, and service. Micro's team is driven to understand and provide customized solutions to the dynamically changing needs of your business. Reach out to your local representative today or find us online at microtechnologies.com. Well, as we return back to a conversation with Iowa Cattlemen's Association member, Cattlewoman Kelly Lasik joins us. She's an ambassador for this year's convention, but we're really focusing on on her work in the livestock business, but also um, advocating uh, and educating 
others about what we do in the countryside or educating people in the industry about what we're doing. And, and Kelly, I, I think it's so important. You mentioned it, but we know there's a lot of negativity online. And sometimes there's a lot of negativity from people within the livestock business and comments and this and that. And, and, and I just don't know why people are so sour. <laughs> it, it, it is, I, I just wasn't raised that way. And there's Mr. Tim Munns from uh, Utah giving us a good wave there. Yeah, we're, we're live here, Tim, but uh, you gotta, we'll send you the bill here. <laughs> but uh, this, this is the joy. Tim, Tim's going to be our audience member and sit back and enjoy this. But uh, so, so, Kelly, as, uh, as we look at some of these comments that people make, and like I said, there's some sour people out there. When, when they make a, a comment about uh, – <laughs> oh, thanks, Tim. When they make a comment, and I see it on people, specifically women in agriculture, and they're like, why are you, why are you making this post? You should be helping your husband. You, and, and, and you know what I'm talking about. People make these nasty, sour comments. But it's a tool that helps producers share their story, connect with consumers. And uh, I guess how do you combat that when somebody is being nasty and sour and should just keep to their own self and maybe uh, do some promotion on their own? own right. End? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I have to remember that I don't know these people personally. Mm -hmm. And I don't know... You know, some people, like you said, people speak before before they actually know what's going on. So the best thing to do is I have found to either provide a positive statement back or I ask them a question. Why Why would you feel that way? Why, why do you assume um, I should, you know, be inside cleaning my house or, um, you know, what I'd really like to say because... I'm kind of a smart aleck as I'd be like, well, my house is clean. Thanks. <laughs> I'm now on to the next chore of the day. What are you doing? You know, but I, you can't because I don't. You don't I, have the time or energy either some days. Right. To deal with these people. And I, you know, and sometimes it would be a lot easier to be, you know, really snarky back or just plain rude. But I'm not, I'm not actually like that in person. So why would I, why would I want that person to get that view of me when you have to remember that they're confused. They're taking out their, you know, their anger or um, misjudgment or anything because they don't, they don't understand. They don't know what's going on. And so, I mean, that's as simple as um, I had a, a best friend in school and she did not eat meat. I know best friend people like I have a huge heart, right? Okay. So, <laughs> you know, instead of being like, you need to eat meat, you need to eat meat. Like, you know, I just simply asked, why, why don't you eat meat? She told me why. And I respected her opinion. And I said, okay, thank you for sharing with me and telling me why. Everyone is entitled to different opinions. Everyone is entitled to different thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so to, you know, not, I don't even like to say combat the negativity, but I try to just answer their questions or help them see further into what we're doing. And that is probably one of the hardest parts of advocacy is not losing your temper, but trying to see the underlying, you know, questions or thoughts that are going through their mind. Yep. Because I always try to put myself in a different position. You know, some people are, and I'm guilty of this, you know, I, I post these pictures of my animals that I love. I mean, fancy for crying out loud. I named her. <laughs> we all know someday she's going to die. And that is, I mean, just like humans, someday we are going to die. And so it's, I understand why it's hard for people. They're like, why, how can you do this? Like, how can you, 
how can you, and I'm like, okay, well, here's why I don't feel bad about what I do. Or, you know, like, let me show you the life these animals have, you know, and one of my favorite things to tell people is I would absolutely love for someone to limit the amount of food I eat and the nutritional value it is like, please, somebody cook for me every day, (laughs) give me the right amount of calories, you know, and that's what we're doing for. And I had one friend who was like, I never thought of it like that. And I'm like, yeah, like imagine having your own chef every day. And so it's truly incredible. And it's um, almost now it's almost like a challenge for me where it's exciting for me to find out how I can help you better understand. So uh, a question that I have, obviously, like you said, you, you've been involved in agriculture your whole life. Did you know you were going to be involved in it when you were younger? Did you ever stray away from it? Um, obviously, you went to college uh, uh, focusing on animal science. But what, uh, when was that moment that you said, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? Wow. We're going deep. We're huh? going deep. Okay. All right. Here we go. Call me Dr. Phil. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here we go, man. Third grade, I was asked what to draw when I wanted to be when I was older. I drew a picture of Farmer Kelly. Okay? Not the end of this story, man. Not the end. (laughs) Then middle school hit. And people made... I was the only girl in my class that was in 4-H, FFA, anything agriculture. I was mooed at while I would walk down the hallways. They would call me Cowbell because my name's Kelly, so they cowbell and would moo at that point in my life I decided I hated agriculture I was not going to be involved with it not going to marry a farmer nothing I wanted out I wanted nothing to do with this because I was shamed for who I was what I did and for the sheer fact that I loved cows like they were Mm -hmm. like you know just why do you need a boyfriend Kelly you have cows okay harsh people and I was not in a big school. Lane I don't know how many people you graduated with but I graduated with 40 people I was 90 90 in Montana? In my class, yeah. We have a town of 7,000. Whoa. Yeah. 400 in the high school. You need to come to Iowa then, apparently, to see small town. Oh, no. We're we're, we're the county hub, though. Oh, gotcha. Like, my sister teaches first and second grade in Grass Range, and she has maybe 15 to 20 kids in two grades that she teaches. So, Montana's a rule. I just, I wasn't, you know, the the, uh, county seat. You okay. Know, you know, yeah. Okay. Lane's big time people. I don't yeah. know. He started. Yeah. I, big, I went to a class A school. <laughs> but we got the double A's in the big cities, you know, so. Oh. Yeah. It goes double A, A, B, C. Oh, well, we have one, two, three. So very similar. Yeah. And there'd be like a one plus would be the double A probably. Wow. They are really yeah. putting you guys in hard categories hey, at a young age. But we do have a, a shot clock next year during basketball season they're implementing a 30 second shot clock for all classes of schools so that's big that's big deal up in montana what's a shot clock in basketball you know the 30 second countdown oh you got to be a basketball person to have this conversation well you know real real (laughs) montana like that's what our our communities thrive on when it's cold you know you go to the gym to warm up you know that's yeah yeah, our rural communities basketball is life so well i married a man whose family and him are basketball is life but I haven't grasped all the concepts of that. Yeah, quite so yet. ask him what a shot clock is. So yeah, okay, it's boy, he'll probably want to implement that. <laughs> awesome. Um. Anyway, sorry to go off, but um. So a class so, of forty. Yeah. So I was in a class of forty. You know, I didn't have a lot of people to pick on me, and we were in rural Iowa. You would think somebody would have been in 4-H with me. No, which is fine. 
I got to high school. I quit showing cattle. I told my dad, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm, I'm, this isn't my calling. And it, it bothered my dad. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't care. I do not care. My senior year, my dad had, and my FFA advisor had said, hey, Kelly, we want you to do the carcass. We want you to do the carcass show at the Iowa State Fair. Okay. My dad had, my dad and sister, well, my sister showed, but my dad took it as his win. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was his animal. We had got the number one carcass <laughs> in the state of Iowa. So, you know, that's his win. And so he wanted me to do that again with a sibling. I said, I'm not touching this animal. I'm not doing anything. I will walk it in the ring. That's it. That summer changed everything for me. The, they didn't force me to actually show this animal. I wanted to do it for my dad and I wanted to do it for my FFA advisor. And I never hated showing cattle. I actually really love it, but I didn't want to be made fun of. So I did it again, one last time for my dad. And I walked in that ring and I was like, why did I, why did I give up on this? Why did I quit this? I love wearing my boots. I love, absolutely love showing my cattle and having that bond with them. And it was kind of just that realization that I needed. It was like that push I needed that, Kelly, you are who you are, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And then in that fall, I attended Iowa State University and started off in animal science. And wow, I was surrounded by people who were like me, who Mm -hmm. had that same exact love for cattle, for animals. And wow. It took off from there. And after Iowa State, I mean, I've um, I've been incredibly involved in Iowa agricultural um, programs mm-hmm. and organizations. Right now, I'm actually a board member for the Silos and Smokestacks Heritage Foundation in Iowa, which we work on preserving the history of agriculture, yep. but also telling the future of it. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of it before, Lane? I have not. Just similar, similar ones throughout the nation, but explain okay. more, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's pretty much that we have a found or we have heritage areas where we preserve artifacts and um, information from the past for agriculture. You know, our our main goal is to tell people that everywhere you go, no matter what you do, your life is impacted by agriculture. Mm-hmm. And I I love being a part of this group. And I've done other things where I'm on the Iowa Agri Women, Iowa Women's um, and Agriculture Conference that we have, and I'm I'm always being involved because I I just really I have a passion for this. And oh, my old high school dean, he looked at me one day and he said, Kelly, you're going to be Secretary of Agriculture in Iowa someday. I know it. I know it. He goes, you just have this drive and. Granted, I will never be the Secretary of Agriculture. <laughs> Don't say never. Well, mm, I mean, sure. I'll, I'll pull this up someday. Okay. The show and be like, mm, told you so. Don't say never. Well, I mean, let's hope maybe, right? I mean, you could even go even higher. Tom Bilsack did it. Right. <laughs> If you can't tell I'm a little outspoken, I don't think that's the light for me. But so I am very excited to continue to tell my story and to tell other people's story and um yeah it's it's funny how agriculture has been 
So I'll let you finish that thought. No, I... Because I was thinking, too. Yeah, you saw me thinking. Yeah, I was waiting for you something to pop out of okay, your... Okay, well, I'll ask it then. Okay, Since yeah. I cut you off rudely, sorry. No, no, no. With my thought, my face. <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, going back to, to, you know, in high school there where you felt you didn't want to be a part of this, how, uh, how do you feel about seeing yourself as an advocate for those young women or just young people in general that are going through the same thing that you went through? Do you think your social media is helping that? Or what, what are some ways that maybe you might step up to, to be like, hey, I'm here for you? I, a great example is our friend Courtney D. Hoff. She's been on the show speaking at National FFA Convention. Yeah. And just to see the people share their comments with her about how, you know, it's okay to still be involved in egg, even though I'm not on the, on the operation, and mm-hmm. to, to not feel bad about it and to not let people, you know, if they're shaming you, don't let it get to you. You know, do you feel that uh, you are a voice and, and uh, for these young people as well? Do you think social media is helping that? Absolutely. And, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat as Courtney, though. I own my own marketing business. Little pitch for myself, for own marketing and communications. Yeah. I started in 2018. I'm not out on the farm every day. I, My husband and I, the farm, we cannot... All of our families can't thrive off of our farms. So both of us have full-time jobs, but that doesn't make us posers. That doesn't make us, you know, people who aren't do. I mean, Lane's sitting here, and he's not, you know, watching cow's calf right now. No, my, my wife's watching the cows. You know, good for her. Yeah, yeah. She's such a good wife. Oh, she is. I'm a trophy <laughs> husband. Yes. Wonderful. Yes. Um, you and my husband, that's <laughs> good for you boys. You wear the suits, we'll wear the car hearts. Exactly. And so, but since I work from home, I do get a, you know, I go out and check cows. I help do everything. But one thing, so actually I was, have you heard of Farm Her? Yes. Okay. So I was Margie's, one of Margie's, not first, but one of her. Original. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Original. The first season. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was never on the show. No, I'm just saying like, you know, Real Housewives, like season one, you know, that's what I'm referencing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Real Housewives. It's not Diamonds and Rosé, but it should be. You're definitely a trophy husband. I tell you what, uh, COVID, (laughs) we got to watch the Real Housewives of uh, Beverly Hills uh, when when COVID lockdown happened. So We all made bad choices. Tiger King. I mean. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to call it a bad choice, okay. uh, but uh, uh, going back to farm her. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. So, um, so farm her Margie was, I feel like she has put a fire into women of all ages and I love what she's done. And through that, she also helped my, so I blog and advocate on Kelly for egg and I feel like these women are like, Kelly, we're so proud of you. We're so proud of you. And it's like, but girls, you can do this too. And I constantly tell people, don't be afraid of who you are and, and do you like wear the cowboy boots. Um, the friend I actually brought with me today, she went through the same thing in high school. She was like, I did not wear my boots. I didn't tell people I rode horses. Like, no, 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 no. And now her and I have more boots than we need. And we have way too many cows that we just, you know, like it's, I don't know another person I could call and be like, Oh my gosh, fancy is having her calf today. And I am so excited. (laughs) You know, like this is, this is the life that I, I, I want all women to share. And just like Courtney, so I'm not on the national level, but I do speak at local FFA, um, 
like they have events or green hand tests. Yeah. Um, so I was a speaker at one of those and I went to a classroom and spoke about it. And just, you know, I, to- I tell these people and I, you know, it's boys and girls in the classroom and I'm not going to specifically point out and be like, girls, you do you. I look at all of them and I'm yep. like, don't let people define who you are, be who you are. Yep. And because I truly, I, and I tell everyone this, I said, I let what other people thought of me take away years that I can't get back. I can't show cattle again. I can't go in the 4-H ring and win, you know, a red ribbon. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, you can't go back in time. And so I do not only, you know, because I, I don't feel like women are the only ones or young girls are the only ones who have been put in this position where you can't, at least in Iowa, mm-hmm. you know, some boys are made fun of for, you know, like, you're so farmy or you're such a redneck. And I hate that term. We're not rednecks. We are human beings who are raising the the food you eat. So you're welcome. But, you know, once again, can't say that. Um, <laughs> but I really do. Um, I, I love to put the passion in them and watch them thrive. And I, uh, through Iowa State, there's some programs that I do help students with in the ag education, ag communications, and the animal science areas. So I'm, I'm always looking for ways to encourage students. Because actually, did you know that the um, American National Cattle Women's Association has a bunch of young cattle women here? Yeah. 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 I'm so excited. I actually, right before I did this with you, I wrote on their Facebook and I'm like, girls, let's meet up. And yeah. they're probably like, who is this crazy lady? <laughs> but <laughs> yes, I definitely, it, it's something that drives me. So um, am I correct that uh, you and your husband just have a baby not too long ago? Yes. We had Milo last March. Milo. Wow. Coming up on a year. This is, uh, we had Layla back in October. She's got her I Love Beef shirt on there. Oh, my gosh. Look at her. That's Layla Joe. Her and I have the same middle name. Really? Yeah, see? Yeah. So, yeah, so I got a little cowgirl you coming do. up here. You do, and I'm so excited. And she's advocating for beef already. It's wonderful. <laughs> I mean, I need her shirt. Like, yeah. I got you, girl. Like, you just, <laughs> I'll call your mom. We'll make some things happen. Like. <laughs> so, with that, that next generation with with Milo, what... what um, what do you hope uh, the opportunities that he and and uh, other young people will have in agriculture in the next 20, 30, 50 years if he decides to still be involved? So I'm going to have a very different approach on this um, because my husband and I actually talk about this a lot. You know, I hope for Milo and I hope for Layla and I hope for anyone who is involved in agriculture that they just have the opportunity to, I don't care if you own two cows and have them in your backyard in town. I don't care if you raise a garden that has, you know, three rows of soybeans. I just want you to experience the pure joy and appreciation for agriculture because you don't have to do it full time. You do not have to, you know, you don't have to have enough acres or enough rangeland to do it full time. You don't have to, you know, be rich to do this either, which we're never going to be. Rich. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, that's <laughs> no one's like, I want to be a farmer and make lots of money. Nope. No, no. <laughs> but I just want them to have the opportunity to not only raise sustainable products, but also to still have that appreciation for what their grandfathers did before them. And I want them to be able to 
be proud of the legacy that they're that they're continuing but I also hope for the children that you know aren't living on the farm or you know they don't have that opportunity that they do and you know I look at my husband and I and yeah we both have full-time jobs but we are still living our best life by farming with our families and you know we don't have to well in Iowa we don't have space for you know a thousand herd cattle herd because people would kill us for using pasture for corn or corn land for pasture um and it's it's just incredible that you know I just want my son to be able to experience you know what we experienced Lane like you know helping on the farm and truly you know new life death you know how how the world works I mean truly we are the life cycle on a farm and there's no better education than outside and I want them to experience that. I, you know, I, I would love to say I want Layla and Milo to get married and have like a huge <laughs> cattle farm and live happily ever after. But I'm not saying that can happen, but I just want them all to, you know, be able to just really enjoy the legacy that we've all worked hard for, but still make sure that they are doing the very best things they can for cattle and that they're telling people how they're doing it and why they're doing it. Yep. Well, I, we were actually supposed to talk about just you know the ambassador program, and I don't. We, I think I just said you were an ambassador. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. You got to get going. We have another uh, show coming up here, but uh, how important it is for you, and how much fun have you had in the past and currently being an ambassador, just helping people know what's going on at the convention and and how they can uh, really learn, because that's what this event is about: is coming down, seeing all the cattlemen's colleges, seeing all the different innovations at the booths here at the trade show. What's it like being an ambassador it is so fun so I absolutely love doing this because I get to share so just like how I said how I advocate for cattle and I get to show the inside works of farming I get to show the inside works of the cattle conference and it's so exciting I mean one friend she saw I took a snapchat you can see an overlook of the trade show and she snapped me back and she goes, it's like a toy room for adults. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. yep, it is. Like, you know, she was so excited. And it's it's incredible because I've met so many people through this. So I actually, from across the country, you know, not just from Iowa, but that's one of the, probably one of the best things I love is that I have met so many wonderful people through doing the ambassador program that are also ambassadors, but also through other opportunities that I've been placed in. And then I've been placed with opportunities. One year I was able to be on a panel for Wendy's to help them with their marketing. Who would have known that was happening? Yeah. You know, that was that was so fun that I got to tell the marketing people of Wendy's, this is what I think you should do. Yeah. You know, like kind of felt like you were a boss babe in there. Like, yeah. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and it was fantastic. But sharing and then, you know, people in my community and in, in my region, so I'm region three, you know, that they're like, oh, wow, Kelly, let me reach out and ask Kelly if she has a promo code to save some money. So it's it's truly is just wonderful. It's an exciting opportunity. And I love sharing what we're doing because I feel like people hear, oh, a cattle conference. You guys are just a bunch of like cattlemen sitting around in your car hearts talking, you know, cows. Well, yes, that is, you know, we're not in our car hearts, but we are talking cows, which if you're not about that, then we can't be friends anyway. But (laughs) 
it's so exciting to show them what we're doing, the fun things that are here, the things we're learning and what we bring home. You know, even my dad, who's, who has never been to one, um, is like, wow, I think, I think I'm going to go. Like, I, I feel like I could take home some information. There's people there that I could talk to. And this is a man whose mind does not change very easily. So it, it's really is help. I feel like I'm once again, helping people, you know, find what they can't, that they don't know, showing them what they can't see. Well, I get to experience the convention through people like you, because I actually don't really get to attend the meeting. I'm always <laughs> running around on doing Facebook lives and, and hosting this show. So one year I will get fired and just get to attend the convention as Broke Rancher Lane Nordland. Okay, well, when they fire Lane, you call Kelly Lasek, <laughs> and I will take over for Lane and do the Facebook lives. Perfect. And yeah. You, you do a better job than me, probably, so... Well, maybe my face is prettier, but... It probably, yeah. No, no, there's no <laughs> doubt about that, so... But uh, I, I don't want to hold you up. We've had a great conversation here today, and uh, again, uh, give give uh, yourself a promo shout-out for your business and, and your Instagram handle, and... Yeah, so um, I would love for you guys to check out um, Kelly for Egg, which I'm that odd person out, and I have to spell my name weird. It's K-E-L-L-I-E. So that's why you would have a hard time finding it. But it's Kelly for Egg, and that's A-G, not E-G-G. I know I have an Iowan accent. Oh, I said Egg, too. People, see, I got the Canadian Montana accent. Yeah. But people don't, yeah. People Correct. think I'm from Minnesota, yeah. and <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> so uh, Kelly for Egg is my Instagram, my Facebook. Also, um, my business is Roan Marketing, and I also share, if you really, if you're a shorthorn guy, if you're a shorthorn gal, um, I do because Roan is fun story. I incorporated Roan as mm -hmm. my business name. I picked up on that. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. I have to explain that to people because they yeah. do think it's pronounced Roan, and I'm like, no, no, it's Roan. Well, what's a Roan? Okay. <laughs> Topic for another day. But anyway, so Roan Marketing, um, if you go to RoanMarketing.com, you can see some beautiful pictures of my Roan cattle. Learn about what I do and how I help other agricultural businesses share their their products and their news. But I I have had a great time, Lane, and um, our children will have to meet someday. <laughs> At a cattle con, probably. They I seem to have a babysitting center around here. Oh, my. Drop your kids off. But then I'd have to put them on a plane and bring them with True. me. True. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Yeah. Grandparents are a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, maybe they can grow up a little bit. We'll wait till they're wait like five. Years. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> well, again, uh, Kelly Lasik, thank you so much for joining us uh, here today. And a big shout out to our friends at Microtechnologies for not only sponsoring our podcast booth, which the visual on this is pretty neat. We'll, we'll have uh, pictures of this online, but also uh, to sponsoring the content of today's podcast as well. So thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Kelly, for being an advocate, a voice, and an inspiration for young people in agriculture that... Uh, um, Maybe just need to be told that, hey, it's okay to be an ag. Yes. Thank you, Lane. I've had a great time today. Again, friends, that will do it for today's Cattleman's Call podcast. This was recorded at the 2022 Cattle Industry Convention and NCBA Trade Show. I'm Lane Northland. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to NCBA's Cattleman's Call podcast with Lane Nordland. For more information, visit ncba.org and make sure to subscribe to the podcast today.